With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the debut of the 49ers Notebook Podcast. I'm Mike Lerseth, Assistant Sports Editor of the Chronicle and Editor of our NFL Coverage. Joining me today by telephone is my esteemed colleague and 49ers beat writer, Eric Branch. Welcome, Eric. Hey, thank you. We're making history here. Absolutely. Uh, exciting. Uh, this will be my first podcast, so uh, I think I've got all the butterflies out of the system and, and I'm ready to go. Okay. We're, we're raring and we're ready to go. Uh, those of you who read the Chronicle or visit sfchronicle.com know that Eric knows the 49ers better than just about anyone and has written in recent days about the front office's patient approach to rebuilding, about the expected return to glory of the 49ers offense, something that has Steve Young excited, and about that guy who plays quarterback and is preparing to make his eighth career start. So right off the bat, Eric, I've got to ask you, will Jimmy Garoppolo ever lose a game? Well, I think the odds are in favor of him losing a game eventually. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it, it actually could happen on Sunday. Uh, you know, that's a very tough test the 49ers have at Minnesota. Obviously, the crowd's going to be juiced. They are, it always is. And, and that might be the toughest defense he plays all year. You know, that being said, if he does what he did to Jacksonville last year, because all the talk last year, right, was – well, okay, he beat the Bears and he beat the Texans, but now he's got to play a real defense, and the Niners scored 44 points. So, um, you know, if he does something similar at Minnesota, uh, the legend will grow, and I might change my answer about him ever losing a game. Very good. Um, Let me ask you, from seeing him, and I know you, like everybody else out here, had limited exposure to him. You know, he started the uh, the five games uh, down the stretch for the Niners, um, between that small sample size last year and the small sample size of practice and training camp this year, um, is there a difference? What have you seen? Has he stayed the same, improved, expanded? What's, what's, uh, what's the difference between 2018 Jimmy and 2017 Jimmy? Well, interesting. In the off-season um, practices that, that we saw, you know, they're not, not all those practices are open to the media, but um, what did we catch? kept catching him on bad days or what, but his long ball was a little off. And then at the beginning of training camp, Marquise Goodwin is, you know, one of the fastest guys on the planet. Um, we kept getting behind defenses and a couple times, you know, Garoppolo's throw just wasn't wasn't uh, you know, getting to me down under throw him. So that became, you know, I, I think part <laughs> as a reporter it's like, oh, we have actually something to uh, right, that's a little different about Jimmy Garoppolo. He is not perfect, uh, you know. So they, there was the question of, you know, well, what about his long ball? Because he he didn't throw a whole lot of deep passes, uh, you know, twenty plus yards uh, last year. But you know, as training camp wore on, uh, that became less of an issue, and he talked about, you know, just that that he had to adjust to particular, particularly Goodwin's speed. Uh, because if you hang out in the pocket, you know, too long, I mean, Goodwin's 90 yards downfield. So, right. 
Um, you know, that that would really be the only thing. He looks largely like the same guy, uh, you know, he did last year. Um, and, you know, I think it's a reasonable expectation to think he'll be better, given the fact that he actually knows the playbook now, not just a segment of the playbook. And he's talked about, um, you know, being more on the same page, understanding a little bit more of what Shanahan's offense is all about, about how, you know, this play sets up this play. And so he's thinking along with Shanahan uh, a little bit more now. So, um, you know, it seems kind of silly, you know, given the way last year went to say he'll be better. But I think it's it's reasonable to expect that. What uh, When he ended last season, I, I know the big story coming in was that he, he crammed. And I, Shanahan has a pretty uh, – pretty thorough playbook you know what what percentage of the playbook was he operating uh with at the end of last season was i was he at full capacity by the end of the season or were there still things that he needed to learn no i talked to him last week not to name drop but yes i i, I had a one-on-one with the great grapple last week um and you know he he was talking about you know basically as they went through the game plan or, or just the playbook or, or what, what have you last year, Shanahan would say, okay, don't worry about that part. You know, uh, you know, whether that part of the play, uh, you know, he said, we'll get to that in the off season. Here's what you have to know for Sunday. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Was that 25%? Was that 50%? You know, in the end, I'm not sure other than it was only a segment of the playbook. And uh, he was obviously able to, dive into it uh, completely uh, this offseason. Okay. Well, uh, as as you know from a, being a, a, a knowledgeable observer of the game, uh, one guy can't do it all. Uh, offensively, the Niners, uh, you know, got rid of or let go uh, Carlos Hyde and uh, figured, okay, well, we're, we're going to make up for that. We're going to uh, sign Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and then uh, Jarek, I don't believe, played at all during the preseason. Is that correct? Or had minimal play during the preseason? And it, he uh, had a couple carries in the preseason opener, then hurt his shoulder. And, uh, and yeah. then he's then he's out there practicing on the actually the day of cuts last Saturday, and in a non-contract contact drill, blows out his ACL. Right. That is correct. I'm sorry, he didn't hurt, get hurt in the preseason, but here is a calf in, in training camp. Only played one preseason game. So, um, but yes, right. Uh, then of course towards ACL Saturday, so it's. You know, now what, right? Well, that and that's uh, all I was going to say. You've got you've got Matt Breda, who's a, a holdover from last year, who in spots last year impressed, and then the guy that everybody thought was okay. This is the body just to get us through the preseason, uh, the exhibition season, because we don't want to risk McKinnon playing. Alfred Morris and, and Alfred Morris not only uh, is is did a great job in the in the third week. Uh, he's got a starting job probably right on uh, on Saturday morning. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, uh, surprisingly Shanahan didn't explain exactly how the backfield's going to work, uh, <laughs> you know, today. But, you know, I, I think it's reasonable to expect a, kind of an even uh, division of labor. You know, on one hand, you've got Matt Breida, who is 190 pounds, so you probably don't, you're not a guy who's going to, you know, get 20 touches a, a game, or, you know, if he does, it, you're not sure you're going to have him by week five. And then you've got Alfred Morris. And he's a guy, he's only had 57 catches in his six-year career. Um, you know, so he's limited as far as, you know, kind of how much you might be able to use him, you know, in, in passing situations. So, you know, they're limited uh, for, you know, both for different reasons. So I think because of that, it's going to make sense to see, you know, 
kind of a 50-50 split. Um, is it, Shanahan, like a lot of coaches, will go with the hot hand. So if Alfred Morris is running like he did against the Colts in the third preseason game, you might see you know Alfred Morris uh, with 20 touches. Oh, it, it's, is it safe to say that Alfred Morris has a, a little bit extra on his side, too, because of his experience with Shanahan? It certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, he said he's, he's obviously the offense has evolved a little since he was last with Shanahan in 2013. Um, and, you know, Brita was here last year. So, you know, as far as that's concerned, uh, you know, he has a full knowledge of the offense as well. Uh, but Morris is more of an every down back type. You know, I think everyone was pretty excited, you know, for good reason with what he did against the Colts. However, that was just just one game, and you know he is he is twenty nine, um, and so you know it remains to be seen if they you know do have this incredible find. But you know, obviously, all signs point to the fact that you know Alfred Morris still has a little juice juice left. Okay, and and the running backs on any team are obviously partially only as good as as their line, and the Forty ers line, I believe, is is fairly well stable, and they've got the, the rookie McGlinchey in there. Of course, they've got Staley back. Uh, if I'm correct, there's only one one gap, and that's who starts at right guard for them this year. That's right. I think the first, in the first week it's going to be Mike Person, who's kind of a, a journeyman, lunch pail guy, uh, you know, probably is not going to, uh, you know, hurt you too bad, but, you know, I don't think he's going to dominate anyone across from him. Um, you know, I think the great hope here is that Joshua Garnett, uh, you know, the other guy competing for that spot, uh, begins to show why he was a first-round pick in 2016. It could be similar to last year. Uh, last year they had Zane Beadle start at left guard, uh, another guy, older type guy with a limited ceiling. And then when Lakin Tomlinson was ready after a week, he had just been they just traded for him. He replaced Beatles, um, and you know he went on to actually. Uh, eventually have a pretty good year and get, sign a contract extension. So you could see that. I, I mean, you know, even though the Niners have realistic playoff aspirations, this is still a young team in rebuilding mode, and I think they prefer to see, you know, Josh Garnett, um, you know, rather than 30-year-old Mike Person out there. Okay. Let's uh, let's flip sides and, and talk about something that uh, Garoppolo won't have a hand in, and that's the defense. Uh, the biggest addition in the offseason – is a player who is also shadowed by the biggest question mark, and that's Richard Sherman, uh, Stanford guy, uh, tormentor when he was with the uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, what can the team expect for him uh, from him this season? Well, it's a great question. It's similar to, I mean, Alfred Morris in that we saw Richard Sherman for one game. You know, it was the Colts game. He played 32 snaps. He was only targeted once. He broke up that pass. I mean, so that's all That's all good. Um, but, you know, I think most people realize the situation with him, 30 years old, coming off a torn Achilles, cornerback, uh, you know, in no position in football, you want a torn Achilles, but, you know, lower leg injuries for 30-year-old quarterbacks are particularly not good. And so it remains to be seen, um, and I think we're going to see actually pretty quickly, though, uh, you know, Sunday, I would imagine the Vikings will see, is this uh, shut down Richard Sherman or is this 30-year-old bad leg Richard Sherman? And, that, um, and that's going to be something completely different because when he was fully healthy, teams made a point of not 
throwing at Sherman, right? He was he was kind of off by himself, and we're not even going to dare go that way. But now you're you're pretty sure he's going to get the uh, what do you got kind of a test? I would think so. I mean, because if it if he turns into oh you're 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 a different Richard Sherman, then um, you know. And all Stefan Diggs, or you know, right. <laughs> whatever you want to throw out against him, um, you know. But really, I think for everyone, the Vikings, the 49ers, no one truly knows, um, you know. Although that uh, his preseason performance against the Colts uh, suggested, you know, he is not going to embarrass himself. But uh, you know, this will be his first full game uh, since uh, November. Very good. What's what's the uh, state of their pass rush? I know last year it was uh, a borderline non-existent. If I have the number right, I think it was 30 sacks, which was one of the lowest totals in the league. I'm uh, hoping to improve on that this year. Uh, how have they looked so far? Uh, it looks like they still need some more pass rush. Uh, you know, they, they don't have one player on the roster who has more than nine career sacks. Um, they don't have a guy in their roster who had more than three sacks last year. And they really don't have an edge rusher. Uh, they were hoping Jeremiah Tashu, who, who they signed in the offseason, as a free agent might help them there. He's been released, um, you know, depending on a lot of hopes on Cassius Marsh, the guy who really hasn't done much at, in the NFL, played for three teams. Um, and, you know, I, I think the great hope probably is that those three first-round picks uh, in recent years, uh, you know, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, and Eric Armstead, you know, generate a lot of push inside um, and, you know, can affect a quarterback that way. I mean, they went so far as to hire a pass rush specialist, Chris Kiffin, um, this year. And, you know, they've openly talked about, hey, we're going to have to manufacture pass rush. I mean, there's, there's a reason they were in on Khalil Mack other than the fact that, you know, he's like uh, possibly a Hall of Fame player and a lot of teams will be in on Khalil Mack. But, you know, it's just more evidence that they realize they don't have that guy on the roster as far as a guy coming off the edge who will scare you. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting the fact that John Lynch, you know, just the other other day when saying, you know, why they released the test, you referenced the fact that, you know, hey, we've tried to address this offseason with coaching hires, you know, with our scheme, um, and, you know, teams that have Vaughn Miller, and uh, Khalil Mack don't talk in those terms. Uh, they say we're going to generate pass rush with uh, you know our dominant edge rusher. So clearly, that is the weak spot on the team right now. I, I, I would certainly say so. Although the backfield now without McKinnon certainly has some question marks. But yes, uh, you know that obviously affects the secondary. You know, along with Sherman, you have. You know, promising guys uh, back there. Witherspoon, Kevin Witherspoon at cornerback, and Jaquaski Tart and Adrian Colbert at safety. Uh, but those guys are well promising, largely unproven. So, you know, it's like when I was talking to John Lynch this off season, and you know, he said, uh, you know, as someone in the secondary, three Mississippi is a, a lot better than five Mississippi. Right, right. And you know, I think since Niners have a five Mississippi pass rush. Um, at least going into the season, that's where it appears. Yeah, the and the the one name that uh, when you were going through the defense there that, that did not come up and at least uh, will not suit up and will not be on the field for the first couple games is uh, Reuben Foster, who has been uh, suspended uh, for the first two games. Is that correct? The two games he's out. Uh, what's that going to do to the uh, to the linebacking core, Aaron? These these first two weeks. Well, it's going to make it less talented. Um, 
that's my sharp analysis there right you there. Go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now, so so then you go well. Okay, uh, well, we still have Malcolm Smith, and um, you know he he's a proven guy. But yeah, Malcolm Smith, after missing last year with the torn pec, he's I think his status is iffy right now. He was limited today uh, because of a hamstring injury. He's been battling throughout the summer. Um, so if he can't go, then you turn to uh, rookie Fred Warner, the third round pick, who will be making his obviously NFL debut, and I think he'll start regardless of Smith's status. Um, and then the other guy would be Brock Coyle, who is uh, you know he played a lot uh, last year due to injuries. You know started games an inside linebacker, and he's functional. Um, but you know the drop off between a, a Ruben Foster and a Brock Coyle is uh, fairly dramatic. All right, let me ask you, getting a, away from the, the roster uh, for a minute, uh, Niners have had uh, a, a storied and forgetful uh, long list of, uh, of coaches. And I'm wondering, from afar, uh, Kyle Shanahan seems to be a, uh, a congenial fellow. Perhaps you know, he doesn't seem as secret as, uh, as some in the past, say, for instance, a, a Jim Harbaugh. He doesn't seem to be as outgoing as somebody like uh, Mariucci. Uh, what's it like for you on a day-to-day basis working with uh, somebody like uh, Kyle Shanahan? Well, he, he surprised all of us, I think, as far as the beat writers, because um, we thought we were going to be dealing with, um, I don't know, just your typical paranoid, secretive, condescending NFL head coach. Um, <laughs> not to, not to and, put too fine a point on it, right? <laughs> Exactly, and that was just based on his reputation. You know, oh, he's arrogant. Uh, and, you know, you kind of thought it made sense. He's Mike Shanahan's son. You know, he was about 16 when he became an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's this whiz kid. And, and, and so I remember before we actually got to know him for a feature, uh, I was able to uh, speak to his wife, Mandy, and you know, the person she was describing, who, again, I, I didn't really know personally at this point, um, or, or, you know, not that I'm buddy-buddies with him now, but you know what I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> dealing with him as far as reporter and coach. And the person she was describing, you know, this sensitive, kind, caring, compassionate uh, person, I was just like, well, you know, this is really interesting. And, and she had great stories to back it up. Um and, but in the back of my mind, I was like, well, let's see how sensitive and kind and compassionate Kyle Shanahan is after a, you know, 44 to 10 loss. Uh, you know, and that's sometimes where you can, you know, not just coaches, but players see their true colors. Right. Um, and I tell you what, uh, Shanahan was congenial and open and uh, secure uh, and confident. And by that, I mean, you know, he would tell us stuff. I mean, he's not giving away game plan secrets. Um, but he was fairly open, and I, th- I thought it betrayed a confidence, you know, that he doesn't have to guard a- a- everything. And um, and then they went 0-9, and I kept waiting for him to completely blow up or at least snap once. And I think behind closed doors, uh, maybe he, he wasn't in the best mood all, all the time, but when he got into the auditorium and was meeting his reporters, um, you know, he was composed and respectful. And anyway, I, that showed uh, to me, uh, you know, a, a lot about him, and um, you know the way the uh, players have talked about him. You know, that was supposed to be maybe a deficiency of his. You know, he was a mastermind, but right. you know, did he have any people skills? 
but a lot of players last year pointed to the fact, you know, Shanahan was able to kind of keep the locker room together. And, uh, you know, this 49er uh, team is known for, you know, being tight-knit, having a lot of camaraderie. And, you know, that certainly has something to do with their head coach. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, let me ask you one more question before we close it up here. Uh, last season, you predicted, I believe, a 7-9 and nine finish. And on paper, you were damn close because they were 6-10. and 10, But obviously, the way they got to that was uh, extraordinary, to say the least. A 1-10 uh, start and a 5-0 and 0 finish. Uh, putting on your magic hat and looking into your crystal ball this year, what do you see? Well, my prediction before training camp was uh, ten and six, I believe, a wild card loss at Green Bay. Uh, That's real specific. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. You didn't mention last year that I predicted they would trade for Garoppolo on Halloween. No, I'm just kidding. I did not. <laughs> I did not do that. Uh, so I'll stick with ten and six. Uh, you know, losing your starting running back, who, who you know was going to be a big part of the offense uh, before the season opener certainly doesn't help and their opening schedule certainly doesn't uh doesn't help you know at minnesota then they're home for detroit at kansas city at the chargers um so yeah can I actually the more i talk about this can i change my prediction hey by uh, all means man. No, just, it's fluid <laughs> i'm just kidding i'll stick with 10 and 6 um and you know i think that would be uh, uh you know i Probably the best that they're going to do. I don't see eleven and five or twelve and four here. They're not quite there yet for some of the reasons we've already discussed. But you know, when you have a quarterback, um, you know, in the NFL, uh, you can do you can do a lot of damage. And uh, obviously, I think we saw that last year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we'll see that uh, not a sixteen zero ex- extent. Sorry, Jimmy, you're going to lose the game. Um, but uh, you know, perhaps ten and six. All right. Well, I think we'll let the, let that put the put a bow on it uh, and close out this inaugural episode of 49ers Notebook. Uh, this show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Eric Branch for his time and Fernando Diaz for producing and, of course, to all of you for listening. For more 49ers coverage, you can follow us on Twitter at Eric underscore Branch and at Mike Lerseth. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. And if you have some time, give us some feedback. My email is mlurseth at sfchronicle.com. That's it for now. Take care, everybody. Talk to you next time.